breaking news. Your dream life isn't going to happen because you made a vision board. You're going to need goals, grit, and some woo-woo shit. This podcast is about getting clarity on what you want, having the grit to do the actual work, and most importantly, constantly training your brain to be your bitch. Ready to be inspired? Here is your host, best-selling author, Una Duncan. Hey, welcome to Goals, Grit, and Some Woo-Woo Shit. I'm your host, Una Duncan, and I have something a little bit different for you today. It's February 2023 as I'm recording this, and I'm just about to launch my Feel Good Life Design Mastermind again. So just for context, this is a six-month program where I get super tight with a select group of people, and we set goals and we create habit loops, not just in physical health, but in all areas of our lives, our finances, our relationships, the business, It's basically like the program version of this podcast. And by the way, if you're interested in like the genesis of this podcast, so when my book Healthy as Fuck was a success, my my publisher was kind enough to ask for a second book, but they said they wanted something broader than fitness. Actually, um, can I just share this moment with you? Because it's one of my like most core happy memories. And if you have any book writing goals, I just want to offer this, this moment with you because it was so fun. So my literary agent and my editor from Penguin took me to this fancy schmancy restaurant in Toronto for lunch. And there was like beautiful vegan options and, and they sat me down and they were like, you know, we see a big future and it's beyond fitness and we want general personal development. And dude, I was just like in freaking heaven. Like I was so excited and I left and I was like, all right, let's do this. I love talking about goals. And one of my favorite presentations is my annual goal setting workshop. So let's write a book about that. So I sat down and I wrote a proposal for a book called Goals, Grit, and the Woo Woo Shit. And I worked my ass off on this proposal. And then, <laughs> and then once it was written, I took one look at it and I knew this would be a sophomore book. So a sophomore book is when a writer tries to follow up on a successful first book and they rush something out, but it's kind of like half formed. And I knew that this was totally possible because I'd already written a sophomore play. My first play was called Talk 30 to Me. And I had interviewed all these 29 year olds about turning 30. And it like it was like about coming of age in an era of delayed adolescence. And it was this weird breakout hit play. And so I followed it up the next year with one about the boomers turning 60. And it totally flopped. I actually got my first hate mail from that play. Like, can you imagine how bad a play would have to be for you to sit there in the audience and then leave and then go seek out the playwright's email address to send them a note telling them how much it freaking sucked. Like they hated it. At least the, that particular person did. So anyway, based on that experience, I was like, I'm going to skip the sophomore book. I'm going to wait until I really got something to say. Like with healthy as fuck, I had already helped thousands of people through a physical health transformation process. And I found that I was saying the same things over and over and over again. So that book came out of me being like, okay, everybody sit down. Here's what you all need to know about weight loss right now. And I really wanted to get that feeling of certainty again about the content that I was working on with this goal setting stuff. So I started a goal setting mastermind group to really focus on achieving goals in every area of life and a systematic approach to that. 
and I called it the Exalted Council of Wise Motherfuckers. <laughs> I've since changed the name to the Feel Good Life Design Program because the other name was scaring the bejesus out of people. But let me tell you something. That original group, um, they were from 2019. The, I'm not going to go off about all the stuff that they accomplished because there's probably testimonials on my site somewhere. But what I'm most proud of is that they are still meeting on Zoom every month to share their wins and systematically work on their goals together. This is amazing. And this year, by the way, is going to be even more fun because the members are actually going to fly out and come visit me here on Salt Spring Island for a couple of days. And I'm going to take them on my favorite hike into my favorite restaurant. It's going to be awesome. And if that sounds like something that you might be interested in, you can go to unaduncan.com slash apply and check it out. Okay. So all of this is to say that I spent the last week walking on my treadmill desk and listening to my own trainings for the Feel Good Life Design course. And two things went through my mind. One, oh my God, this material is exactly what I'm talking about on my podcast these days. So the same things that I was obsessed with a couple of years ago, I am still obsessed with them. And it reminds me of a, recently I had a conversation with my friend Jocelyn and she said that whenever she's in a bookstore, she always finds that she has somehow ended up in this section that's about decluttering and living minimally and sustainably. And once her husband was like, don't you feel like you might know enough about this stuff? Like, don't you ever get bored? And she was like, no, there's always more. And I share that story with you because maybe it's interesting to think of what section of the bookstore do you always end up at? Because that is a huge hint about the kind of person you want to be and the potential that you see in yourself. Anyway, my second thought in reviewing all this material was, damn, this is pretty good shit. Doot, doot. That's the sound of me tooting my own horn. And so I wanted to share an excerpt of one of the trainings for you on this podcast right now. So this excerpt is about those times when you are not on the path towards your goals. When you want to lose weight and you step on the scale and the motherfucker has gone up. When you are trying to save money, you check your bank account and it is lower. When you are trying to improve your relationship and you are just like in a big hairy fight with your partner and you can't ever imagine ever loving them again. <laughs> Not that we have those moments, but you know what I'm saying. Those moments feel freaking awful and they are actually gold. And I'm going to prove it to you in this training. Enjoy. All right. So here you are with your new goals. and That is awesome. You should feel like you're at the starting line of a success path and you can see the end and you've got a map to get there, which makes this the perfect time to remind you that you will probably be off that path quite a lot. Stephen Covey, the guy who wrote The uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he gives us this awesome analogy. He says, it's like an airplane. Before taking off, the pilot has a very clear destination in mind and a flight plan to get there. And the plane takes off at the appointed hour towards that predetermined destination. But actually, the plane is off course at least 90% of the time. Because of weather conditions, turbulence, and other factors, it goes off track. However, feedback is given to the pilot constantly, who then makes course corrections and keeps coming back to the flight plan, bringing the plane right back on course. And more often than not, the plane arrives at the destination on time. And this is amazing. This is you with your goals. You may be off track 90% of the time, and you're going to be like that pilot who's constantly getting that feedback and course correcting to get back on your plan. Now, that being off track it can feel like dips, or as I say in Healthy as Fuck, the fuckets, 
So basically you grow and then you've got a challenge and it feels kind of yucky and then you learn the skills and you get better and then you're off to the next peak. And then you've got to grow and you've got to overcome that challenge and then you get to the next. And all of this up and down trajectory, this is actually what success path looks like. It's not ever a straight line. And we shouldn't expect it to be. It's when we expect it to be a straight line, that's what kind of screws us up. We should expect those dips. And our aim here is not to not have the dips, but it's to gather the data and recover from those dips quicker, better, and stronger. So dude, this is the best training for you if you tend to start out super hardcore and then fall off the rails. And I've got that in quotations there. And I want to talk about that language for a second. I always discourage words like fall off the rails or fell off the wagon in my groups because it is so passive and disempowering. Instead of saying, I fell off the rails with my exercise plan, it is so much more empowering to say, I deprioritized exercise last week. Because when you use language that takes responsibility and acknowledges that there's no runaway train that you fell off of, but in fact, you made choices, then you are empowered to make different choices. If you view your life like a runaway train that you have no control over, you're kind of effed. And I don't want that for you. I want you to feel like I am making choices. Rant over. (laughs) You're also in the right training if you have a hard time getting back on track after you fall off the rails, quote unquote, and you feel like you're starting again at square one. So if you're someone who, for example, has a bit of a wild weekend, and then you tell yourself that you'll just fix it all on Monday, then Monday is soccer practice. So you end up ordering pizza, and then a friend comes over on Tuesday, and then it's wine Wednesday with the girls. And then you know you promise yourself you'll, you'll fix it all later. You'll deal with it properly later. This is classic all or nothing thinking. You start thinking, oh, I screwed up. My momentum's gone. And if I'm not going to do it right, I'm not going to do it at all. And this is so reinforced in our society. And honestly, dude, this kind of thinking is kryptonite to your goals. So the purpose of this training that we're doing today is to build resilience and a growth mindset so that these loops won't even bother you anymore. Are you ready? All right, let's get into three reasons to embrace the suck. And by the suck, I mean the fuckets, the loops, the dips, you know what I'm talking about. Reason number one, the dips is where we actually get strong. So let me just talk about physical health for a second and the way that we physiologically get stronger. So before we train, we do our workout. Here we are at our baseline of fitness. Then while we're training, while we're in our workout, our baseline of fitness goes down because we are stressing our cardiovascular system. We are putting stress on our muscles. We're creating these little micro tears on our muscles. Then when we recover and rest our body, that's when we recover those fibers, repair themselves. Our cardiovascular system recovers. And all of it, not only do we recover to our baseline of fitness, but we actually get this super compensation. So it's not that we compensate to our normal level of fitness. We actually get super compensation. We get even better than our normal level of fitness. And by the way, this can happen in even just one episode of training. This is called the super compensation cycle. It happens when you train appropriately, okay? When you stress enough, but not too much. And when you recover appropriately, if you don't allow this recovery, by the way, this super compensation will not happen. All right. So now, What happens if we do that again and again and again? Well, that's when the magic happens. Your baseline of fitness starts to go up and up and up and up. That's physiological health. But I want you to understand that this same pattern applies to other areas of our life. So let's say for finances, for your business, okay, or for uh, buying a house, you're probably going to go into debt to buy that house or to invest in your business. Now, ideally, that house you know, you pay it back or whatever. Not only that, but it appreciates and you get the super compensation or your business gets out of debt and you make some money, right? And then you invest again and then you make a little bit more and you invest again, et cetera, et cetera. And so your baseline of personal wealth goes up and up and up and up. 
Awesome. Now let's say in your marriage, let's say you hit a rough spot. Here's a baseline of your marriage and you hit a rough spot. It's really rough, but you improve your communication and you get better clarity on your partner's needs. And so you recover from that rough spot, not even back to where you were, but it's even better than it was before. Oh, and then you hit another rough spot. And then you again, improve your skills as a partner and it gets even better than before. All right. And the baseline of your relationship goes up and up and up. Do you see the pattern here? The money, the muscles, and the marriage are made in the recovery from the stressful times, from the dips, okay? Reason number two to embrace the suck is we secretly like it. Now, we all think that we want to avoid the hard stuff, but science says we secretly like it. And when I say secret, (laughs) I mean it's secret even from ourselves. If any of us were asked... um, hey, would you like to get fit, make a lot of money and have an awesome relationship the easy way or the hard way? All of us are going to be like, uh, easy way, please. We very much believe this. But listen up. This is one of those evolutionary glitches. We have an instinct to preserve energy at all costs, which makes total sense when just surviving required all of our energy. But as we've already discussed, our evolutionary instincts were designed to keep us alive in ancient times. They are not always helpful in making us happy today. So they did this study where they surveyed people at work when they were doing something really highly challenging. And they would say, how hard is what you're doing right now? And they would say, oh my gosh, it's like eight, nine out of 10. This is really hard what I'm working on right now. It takes all my focus. And then they would say, okay, well, how are you feeling? On a scale of one to 10, how happy are you? And they would say, uh, I don't know, like maybe a seven. And they'd say, okay, well, what would you rather be doing right now? And everyone said, oh, I would rather be like chilling. I'd rather be watching TV, whatever, petting my cat. Now, then they surveyed the same people at leisure and they said, what are you doing right now? How hard is it? And they're like, oh, it's it's not hard. I'm petting my cat. I'm watching TV. It's a two out of 10. And then they said, well, how happy are you in this moment? And then usually they said like, oh, you know, five out of 10. And then they said, well, what would you rather be doing? And everyone said, nothing. I want to be doing exactly what I'm doing right now, watching TV, petting my cat. I would not rather be at work, obviously, because that's hard. But isn't that interesting? Because when they were at work, they were actually happier when they were doing that really hard thing. So here's what I want you to take away from this. Our perception of effort does not equal our actual experience of effort. In other words, we think we want things to be easy, but actually we're not as happy when they are. Check this out. This is an amazing researcher, Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi. And he says, contrary to what we usually believe, moments like these, the best moments of our lives are not the passive, receptive, relaxing times. Although such experiences can also be enjoyable if we worked hard to attain them. The best moments usually occur when a person's mind or body is stretched to its limits in a voluntary effort to accomplish something difficult and worthwhile. Optimal experience is thus something we make happen. So he goes on to say that for a child, this could be like putting the final block on a tower that she built, like that's higher than she's ever built before. For a swimmer, it could be trying to beat your own personal record. For a violinist, it could be mastering a really intricate musical passage. For every person, there are thousands of opportunities of ways to challenge and expand ourselves. And science says that we actually don't like it when things are easy. We want to be challenged. So maybe you're like me. And you think stuff like this is probably really interesting. Like, you know, uh, statistics and psychology is really interesting. But if you were like me, you will often hear a scientific stat, but you don't really believe it until you can confirm it in your own life. So I want you to do a little thought experiment. I want to take you back to a time when a lot of people were doing an experiment in leisure. Think back to March, 2020. 
So this is the start of the global pandemic and the whole world shut down. And I'm sure you remember it well. A lot of people were feeling very stressed. And a lot of people, because they were dealing with maximum stress, like I'm sure you remember, we didn't know what the hell was going on. A lot of people said, I just need to make myself feel good. So I'm not going to put any challenges on myself. I just want to like be at leisure. I will watch a million movies and I will eat whatever I want and drink whatever I want because that's going to make me feel good. Hey, dude, if you are enjoying this episode and you have a friend that you think might also benefit from this information, please share it with them. That helps my podcast so much and it's going to help your friend. Share the love. Thanks so much. Now, without getting all judgy, because this is really just information for you, it's data, ask yourself honestly, if you did that experiment, did it work? Did it make you happier? Most people reported that it didn't during that time. And anytime they do that experiment, when you go on your all-inclusive vacation and you, you know, don't challenge yourself at all, you just allow maximum leisure, most people report that it makes them not as happy as they think it will. Here's another example. I had a friend who had a dog and it was a rescue dog who was very aggressive and very hard to train. And so my friend took her to a dog expert and the dog expert said, oh, this breed was bred to work. Give her work to do. So my friend was instructed to put these really heavy packs on the dog. And it was amazing. The difference in this dog, where the dog had the big heavy packs on, she was like so much easier to control. She was so much happier. And this is the deal. We are work dogs. We are designed to work. And because of that evolutionary expectation that we would be working all the time, we're also programmed to seek leisure whenever possible. And this is why listening to your body can lead you astray. Now, this is one of the most controversial things that I say in the public sphere. I say, don't listen to your body. Your body is stupid. And people get so pissed. They hate it. They say, they misinterpret me. They think that what I'm saying is to push through genuine fatigue or like starve yourself or whatever. I am not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that our bodies have not adapted to our current environment. For example, our bodies are programmed to eat as much sugar, salt, and fat as we can get our hands on. Our bodies are programmed to take leisure and avoid physical effort as much as possible. Our bodies are designed to have babies when we're 15 years old. Obviously, our bodies have not caught up with our environment, where calories are readily available, where we are mainly sedentary all day long, and where our longevity and social structures make having babies at 15 not the best idea. We were designed to work. It makes us happier than we think it does. Hey, I just want to let you know that I'm starting a small mastermind group of a select group of people who want to work with me for six months to really focus and achieve a specific goal. We'll be coming together online to come up with your personalized action plan and even meeting in person. So if that sounds like something that might interest you, go to unaduncan.com slash apply and check it out. So reason number three, why you want to embrace the suck. Because embracing the suck or grit, as I say here, it cultivates a positive self-perception. So you might remember in the last training, I mentioned self-perception theory, how we watch ourselves just like we watch everybody else. And we develop an opinion of ourselves by watching our actions. So there's two ways we can watch ourselves. We can watch ourselves with a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. So you probably have heard those terms before, but I'll just review really quickly. A fixed mindset believes that your ability, your intelligence, and your talent are fixed traits. So if you have a fixed mindset, you might think things like, well, if I have to work hard at something, it means that I'm not smart. 
And your tendency would be to conceal and hide these deficiencies because you think they are innate deficiencies. So for example, I will sometimes see people like this happens all the time in our in my Facebook groups, people will hide if they're not feeling successful, because they think that that might mean that there's something wrong with them, rather than, hey, I'm just learning this, and I'm experiencing challenges. How can I get some help? How can I get more resources? You know what I mean? Let me give you another example. Let's say you're teaching a kid math, and they're really struggling. And so they throw down their pencil and they say, I suck at math. That would be a fixed mindset, whereas a growth mindset would say, this is really hard for me, but I can learn it. So which one would you want for a kid? Obviously, you want a growth mindset. And which one do you want for yourself? Isn't it interesting? Because sometimes the best way to access the right answer and the most self-loving answer is to think, what would I want for someone I love so much? So let me show you how this growth mindset idea could play out in the areas of life that we're working on. So in your personal life, I hear this all the time. I hear people say things or I see them say things like, oh, I'm not a runner versus saying like running is hard for anyone who doesn't train. I can train. Or in your relationship, people might say, this is just not a right match for me. Or this, you know, is this person my soulmate? These are examples of fixed mindset. Whereas a growth mindset about relationships would be good relationships are the result of learned skills and focused effort. In money, I hear people say all the time, I'm so bad with money. I'm a teacher, so I'm poor. Artists are always poor. The working class never catches a break. That would all be fixed mindset. Growth mindset is anyone can learn to be a financial genius with the money that they do have. Do you see the difference? A lot of us think that, oh yeah, yeah, I'm a growth mindset person. But when you see these examples, maybe this is an area of growth for you. So how do we apply this to ourselves? How can we use growth mindset to help us get through those loops, those moments when we're off track? So number one, first strategy to start to really cultivate the growth mindset for yourself is to reward and affirm yourself for the effort, not the outcome. So that would look like celebrating, not when you achieve a certain number on the scale, but when you have a consistency streak in your habits. Second thing I want you to do to start to cultivate that growth mindset is use the word yet. So instead of saying, I'm not good at burpees, I'm not good at burpees yet. I'm not getting along with my team yet. I have never been able to save money yet. Do you see the difference? Especially if this is an I statement that is limiting, I really want you to start adding that yet. Watch your language. Your language creates your thoughts, creates your life, right? Now, one of the reasons why I am so enthusiastic about a growth mindset, it is the ultimate expression of self-love because it encourages you to love yourself exactly as you are and to push for your potential. So many people are they're afraid to love themselves right now because they think they will be letting themselves off the hook. Right? If I allow myself to feel love for myself now at my current weight, then I won't be motivated to do the hard actions to lose weight. It's just not true. That's a fixed mindset that's assuming that the only motivation that you have is the belief that something is innately wrong with you right now. A growth mindset thinks there is nothing wrong with you right now because you see yourself as a learner. A learner knows that they are in a constantly in a state of being improved. A learner knows that there is no end goal, really. They're motivated by the effort and the learning itself. And a learner, believes that they have unlimited potential and possibilities. You might have so much growing to do, and you are also totally perfect and totally lovable right now. Okay, so just to review the three reasons why you should embrace the suck, the loops, the fuckets. One, that's when you get stronger. It's the recovery from the dips that actually makes you stronger in your muscles, in your money, in your marriage. Two, you secretly like it. The dips, the hard stuff, that effort, it actually makes you happy. You think you want it to be easy, but you don't. Our perception of effort does not equal our experience of it. Three, it builds a growth mindset. 
embracing those dips, coming back from them encourages a growth mindset. And a growth mindset not only gets you better results, it improves your self-esteem, and it is the only psychological framework which allows us to be both delighted with ourselves exactly as we are and strive to improve towards an even greater potential. In other words, it's the only way it's going to make us happy. And as you know, that is the point of what we're working on here. So who loves the suck? We do. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that training. I cut the excerpt off a little bit just for time's sake for the podcast. But the training goes on to tell you a couple of other things like when you should not grit your teeth through hardship, like how to know when to like cut out because it's not meant for you. And also how to take care of yourself when you are pushing through something hard. And so if you're interested in hearing about those, let me know, send me, um, you know, a DM on Instagram. I'm at Una Duncan. Or if you have feedback about anything you hear on this podcast, I would love to hear it. And if you would want to work with me directly on all this type of stuff, then go to unaduncan.com slash apply. And I would love to see your application. All right. Chat soon. Hey dude, thanks for listening. If you like this episode, make sure you're subscribed so you can get the next one. And by the way, if you rate and review this podcast, it really helps me get found by other people who need some goals, grit, and some woo-woo shit. And be sure to connect and DM me at Una Duncan on Instagram and let me know what you thought of the episode. Chat soon.